are live tonight, everyone. Um, Angie, unfortunately, couldn't make it with us tonight, but we do have a special guest. Um, and she's going to be talking about something that is going on in our community. And people, um, we really don't want to have this conversation, but it's a conversation that uh, must be had. Mm -hmm. And our guest has a powerful testimony. Um, but first, let's just uh, start off, introduce yourself and tell us who you are. So thank you so much for having me. I am Coach Ella Destiny. I am um, an international speaker. I am a women's health advocate. I am a child of God. I'm an author. I am all of those things. Um, but more importantly, I am here to advocate for our women and our sisters. So that's who I am. Um, I am a coach as well, a purpose coach, because a lot of times, you know, people are in this world and we don't know what we're supposed to be doing, where we're supposed to be going. And so, you know, I, I help people find their purpose, what it is, what were they put here for? Because we were all created for a reason. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Before we get into the topic of purpose coach, mm -hmm. um, how did you how did you come about uh, becoming a purpose coach? And like, what is a purpose coach? Actually? So, um, you know, when you when you go through life and when you grow through life. Yes. We often ask God why. Like, God, why this happened to me? Why did I have to go through this? What is going on? Like, what is the reason? Yes. And um, it wasn't until in 2020, my mother and my father were both hospitalized with COVID on their 47th wedding anniversary. My mom survived. My dad passed away. But um, while they were in the hospital fighting for their lives, I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning and God woke me up and was like, write this book. And I was like, God, what you mean? Like, the, you know, my parents fighting for their life, right? Like, what you talking about? Nobody have time for that. And he was like, write the book. I didn't even know that I was going to be an author. I didn't know that I was going to write a book. And I'm flipping through the pictures, um, you know, of my dad just praying that he, he pulls through. And there was a picture that I snapped of him holding up this sign. And it said, there's nothing wrong with saying so what? And God said, that's the title of your book. Now write it. So what is the name mm -hmm. of your book? There, there's nothing wrong with saying so what. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where my purpose came for, because at that moment, I understood that, you know, not just the pain of losing my dad or the pain of my parents fighting for their lives, but all of the pain that I went through in my life, there was a purpose for it. And I tell people all the time that God can't use it if it's a secret. And so God was telling me, like, it's, it's time for you to, it's, it's not a secret no more. Like, you got to talk about it. Whatever it is, you need to talk about it. Write the book. You need to help people because I understand that other people are attached to my obedience. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times I tell people our blessings have nothing to do with us. And so my blessing of me still being here has nothing to do with me. It's because I have an assignment. I have an anointing and appointing on my life. Come and on, other man. people are attached to my oil. And so... That's how I was able to find my purpose. And God said, okay, now it's time for you to help other people find theirs because people just don't know. You know, mm -hmm. people are here and they're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to start the business or whatever. But, you know, I ask people all the time. The first thing I ask is, what is your purpose? What is it that you do that, you know, it wakes you up at night? Like it's yes. stuff that you do all the time. It's, it's, it's second nature. Like you do it all the time over and over and over again that people come to you because they know that, I can go to Renee for this and she knows exactly how to do it. She knows how to get it done. She knows what to say. That's your purpose. And a lot of people don't understand that. And so that's how I became a purpose coach. Oh my gosh. So your title of your book came, it was birthed through your pain, basically. Mm -hmm. And 
And God wanted, he spoke to you in your brokenness. And that's something that people don't realize. When we're in that broken state, that's when we can really hear from God because it's like we're seeking him. And he's like, now I have you where I want you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he gave you the title of your book, So What? Yeah. So give us a little clip. What is something that, um, who is the audience that So What is for? So it's it's called there's nothing wrong with saying so what because a lot of times we think that you know saying so what is so negative like what you mean so what or you don't care or whatever but that's yes. not it you know there's nothing wrong with saying so what it's for the people that have gone through things in their life and they're stuck there you know I I lost a a, a baby or you know I got divorced or I lost a job or you know my friends are talking to me or my parents or whatever and so they're stuck in that space and it's like so what. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's not saying so what in a negative way, but it's so what it happened in the Bible. You yeah. know, every story that's in that book, there are stories about my life. You know what I mean? And we'll get into the one of the stories that I talk about is how the woman with the issue of blood, like that was me. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> so what, what do I do with this now? You know, the story of Sarah and Abram. And again, you know, I'll talk about that where, where, uh, Abram had a kid with somebody else and that happened to me. So it was just like, girl, if that happened to the people in the Bible, like, who are you? So what that happened to you? It happened to the people in the Bible, but look what God did it, used it for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why I tell people there's nothing wrong with saying so what. So what you are in a season of lack or loss or, you know, grief, there's a so what now? There's a, another side. And once you get to that other side, you'll be able to help someone else. So that's the name of the book. There's nothing wrong with saying so what. So where can we find the book at? Because I, I need to go get that book. Oh, absolutely. It is on Amazon, Amazon.com. It's on my website, EllenDestiny.com. Um, it's on, um, oh gosh, it's everywhere. It's on um, oh, Barnes and Nobles. It's on Target, Walmart. It's everywhere. Okay. There's nothing wrong with saying so what? Mm-hmm. Ha, I love it. Okay, I'm going to buy that. Um, as soon as we finish, I'm going to order me one. So our topic tonight is um, we're talking about fibroids. And uh, you have a powerful testimony. Um, tell us about your testimony and how you started on this path. So I suffered from with fibroids since I was a teen in high school. And I didn't know what it was then, but I used to pass out all the time. Like, and they would always tell me my iron was low. Oh, you just have low blood. Just take mm -hmm. iron pills or whatever. Um, I could be sitting here talking to you. And the next thing you know, it's like, where did Coach Ella go? I passed out. Like, that's just how, how it was, um, you know, how frequent it was. And um, I remember when I was having my oldest son in the hospital and they told me, you need to have two units of blood or one of y'all not going to make it through this delivery. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? And they said, oh, you know, you have fibroids and it's this and it's that and all of those things. And so I had my oldest son. Um, I had my youngest son, which was my last kid. And then after that, my cycles were like, I would bleed for months and months and months at a time. I was always tired. I was exhausted. Um, you know, when I would have sex, it was really, really painful. All of those things. And so when I went back to see my OB, they tell me, you know, these fibroids are worse and you need to have a hysterectomy. And I'm just like, what do you mean I need to have a hysterectomy? You know, and I was in my mid to late 20s. You know, I'm I'm still, you know, I still want to have children, although I was married and I had already had three children. But, you know, I wanted more children. But they told me you just need to have a hysterectomy. And that's what it was. There was no 
conversation about options. There was no, you know, you can do this, you can change your diet, all of these things. It was just hysterectomy, and that's what it was. And um, that's where all of my problems started. So, and that, and that, and we talked pre before we um, went live, but that's something that we hear all the time. There are no options, pretty much, mm -hmm. um, is what we hear. Mm -hmm. So you you had the hysterectomy. Um, you're in the hospital. Tell us what happened next. So after I had my hysterectomy, um, I came home from the hospital and for about 18 months, I thought that I was just really constipated because, you know, they give you iron pills. Iron pills make you constipated. I'm taking iron pills four times a day. And so, you know, I'm just thinking that I'm constipated. I'm not going to the bathroom on the regular and one day I just started having really, really bad stomach pains. And this is when the neurovirus was out. Mm -hmm. um, I went to the emergency room and they said, oh, you just have the neurovirus. It just has to, you know, run its course. And I'm just like, no, this is something different. Like this isn't a regular stomach virus. Like I'm not going to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I went to the emergency room probably three times. And on the fourth time that I went, um, I vomited all over the emergency room floor. And all of these doctors and nurses started rushing over and they told me you need to have surgery within the next 30 minutes or you're not going to make it. And what I found out later was I was bombing my bowels. Because Are you when they, serious? Mm -hmm, when they did my hysterectomy, they severed my intestines and they just tied them in the knot and the knot came loose. And so instead of going to the bathroom, my bowels are backing up inside of me. And so um, it poisoned my system. And that time that I went to the hospital, I was born in my bowels and I ended up on life support for a week. So you went to the hospital to have a procedure, what they call now as a standard procedure. Mm -hmm. They send you home. You're having problems. You go to the emergency room three times mm -hmm. and they're telling you that this is normal. It's just a virus. Mm -hmm. But the third time you go, they're telling you, OK, if you don't have surgery in 30 minutes, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And that's because my bowels had poisoned my system. So for 18 months, my bowels were poisoning my system to the point where I started vomiting my bowels. And um, yeah, I spent the week on life support. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's important for us to advocate for ourselves. And I'm Absolutely. so glad that you did not just let them send you home again for mm -hmm. the third time. Mm -hmm. And because of this mistake, you ended up on life support for a week. Mm -hmm. I was on life support for a week. Um, my mother did not come to the hospital because at that point, like I had turned really, really dark. Like I didn't even look like myself. They couldn't recognize me because, again, you know, my bowels had poisoned my system. So, you know, I was just a completely different person. Um, I stayed in the hospital for a week. I came home and then probably a month later, I started having stomach pains again. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like this, this isn't right. Like this isn't normal. Um, I ended up having a hernia. And so when I go in the hospital to have a hernia repair, when they intubated me, when they, you know how they put the tube in to put you to sleep, mm -hmm. they scratched the back of my esophagus. So a two hour surgery turned into probably four hours because when they extubated me, my lung, well, while they're doing the surgery, my lungs filled up with blood. And so I suffocated. So when they extubated me, I suffocated. They came out and they told my parents, we had to bag your daughter three times. She didn't make it. 
So that's the second time. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, the enemy really wanted to take you out. I'm telling you. And that's why I, I understood my purpose. Like, that's why I knew that I couldn't just not have a conversation. I knew that I couldn't use my voice. And again, you know, God can't use it if it's a secret. And so all of these things, they didn't happen to me. They happened for me. Yes. Like these things had to happen in order for me to get to where I am now. You know, I've, I've been through a whole lot of things because after that surgery, I kept having hernia after hernia. Um, and one surgery I had, I ended up losing my navel. So I don't have a navel anymore. Um, I have a scar from hip to hip as if someone sawed me in half and just put me back together. Um, yeah. And all of this happened because I had fibroids. All of this happened because... I didn't know that there were options. All of this happened because I had to have a hysterectomy and they didn't tell me that there were other things that I could have done. And that's why I'm so passionate about having the conversation now. So other women don't have to go through what I went through because I went through a lot. Um, not only did this affect me physically, but mentally as well. Um, again, I was married. I couldn't have any more children. My then husband, um, and I say this all the time, I will never say that this is the reason, but my then husband got someone else pregnant while we were married. I couldn't have any more children. Um, and so, yeah. And so not only does this affect me physically, but mentally, mentally as well, because now I'm just like, wow, you know, I don't feel pretty anymore. I don't feel like a woman. I don't think that anybody will want me. I have this scar, you know, that I want to hide. And so when I start dating again, it's like, you know, do you want children? Because I can't have kids. Are you going to cheat on me? Like, you know, what do we do with this? I don't want to date anybody that doesn't have kids because he wouldn't understand, you know, just a lot of things. Um, that I went through. And even with my surgeries, my children were younger um, and they were growing up because I had a lot. I had 11 surgeries. And so um, I remember 11 surgeries from a hysterectomy. I had 11 surgeries from a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. <sighs> how, do you, how do you cope with, with dealing with all of this mentally? God. Yes. <laughs> because I listen, I, I was, I, I had to see a psychiatrist. I had to take medications. I went through all of those things because it messed me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to, I remember um, my daughter, her senior year of high school, my children had to take care of me um, because, you know, I had gotten a divorce or two divorces. Um, and I remember writing on a piece of paper and this, I always get emotional. So I'm, I'm going to hold it together tonight, but I had to write on a piece of paper to my daughter because I had so many surgeries. Um, when I go to the hospital, if I don't make it home this time, this is how you take care of your brothers because you're the closest thing to me that they will ever have. This is how you pay the bills. This is how you take care of yourself and them. So it was a lot like mentally, you know, and I had to prepare my children for this because I didn't know if I was coming back. Every time I went to the hospital, it was a problem. There was an issue. So I didn't know if this would be the time that I wouldn't make it back. And so I needed to prepare my children just in case. You know, um, listening to you on the other side, you know, being a child and, 
you know, you prepared your kids. And I think for me, because I lost my mom after she went into the hospital and mm. I didn't get that what you gave your kids prepared. I got um, I just, you know, I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. So to know that you prepared your kids, but God brought you out on the other side. He did it for a reason. And I just I mean, your testimony um, of just the things that you've gone through and you experience, I know you are impacting a lot of women's lives. I, I just know that you are. And just to hear your story and oh my gosh, I mean, I'm trying not to cry too, but <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. This is our reality. And again, because we don't have the conversations yeah. enough, you know what I mean? We don't talk about periods. We don't talk about cycles. I have a seven-year-old granddaughter and I have mild conversations with her because I started my cycle when I was nine years old. And, you know, my, my parents are from the South. They're not having these conversations. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, girl, put a pad on and, you know, that's just what it is. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're growing up and you see different people in your family, they don't they don't have children and you're wondering, like, why this person didn't have kids? Or, yeah. you know, this person never had children and it was because they were having hysterectomies back in the day, but they weren't talking about it. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's so important for me to have these conversations, you know, to advocate for our women. And, you know, as I was saying earlier, in our youthful days, we were so ignorant to the fact because we didn't have the conversations that we would make fun of, you know, our sisters or our friends when they came on the cycles and, you know, they bled their their clothing, not knowing that, you know, sis probably was bleeding for like 30 days yeah. or more. I, I bled for 30 days or more. Yeah, I understand. I was wearing pads and tampons and all of those things. Like I'm wearing two and three pairs of clothing and all of those things because I'm mm-hmm. so happy, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't know at that time that I had fibroids. And so, you know, that's why I have the conversations. That's why, um, you know, I, I, I thank God that I am able to to stand up for those that, that don't know how to stand up. I'm able to be a voice for those that don't have a voice or don't know what to say. They don't know the questions to ask. I didn't know the questions to ask. You know what I mean? Yes. And now we know the symptoms. More and more women are coming out and they're having the conversations. Um, I'm thankful for um, an organization that I partner with, USA Fibroid Centers. Um, myself, Cynthia Bailey, Shay Johnson, Kimberly King, Eugenia Bowie, uh, Mal Bailey, you know, we travel the world advocating for women and having these conversations because, um, you know, it's women need to know that we have options and they specialize in a procedure called UFE or uterine fibroid immunization where um, it's minimally invasive. They go through a small incision in your wrist. Mm-hmm. They grow up the circulation to the fibroids, which ultimately, ultimately shrinks them and they go away. The recovery time is way less, probably a week or so. And um, Cynthia, she actually had her UFE on um, on the Housewives. She did an episode on Housewives where mm-hmm. you know, she was like, listen, I, I need to talk about this. And so more and more women are t- coming out and they're talking about their fibroids and different procedures and knowing that we have options because we don't talk about the options. And women are suffering in silence. Yes. They're not having the conversation. Yeah. And yeah, that's and, and see what you just talked about, like the procedure going through your wrist, mm-hmm. that's something that I didn't know about. And mm-hmm. that's not an option that they give you. It's basically, this is what's going on. Here's a pill. The pill doesn't work. You need a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. So we need people like you sharing and, and letting us know, okay, 
this is what's going on. This is an option here because that's not something that the doctors are, are telling people. Absolutely. And I think, it's you know, it's, it's a, a number of reasons. But, you know, for me, I just think that it's financial. Like, you know, you know how much money they made off of me for my hysterectomy and all of the surgeries that I had to have. And, you know, that's what it is. Hysterectomy is at the top of the list. It's not. Yes. No, there are other procedures, but they're not telling you that you don't have to to go through this, that you can preserve your uterus. that You can have you can still have children even after, you know, you have fibroids, you have them removed. Um, You know, Shay, um, one of our ambassadors, she had a baby and she has fibroids still. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So they're not telling us this. It's just, oh, if you have fibroids, you can't have kids. You got to have a hysterectomy. And they're taking away our option. They're they're taking away the opportunity for us to procreate and to bring life into this world, what we were created to do. So that's right. That's right. So what are some um, some signs that women can look for um, that you feel are like prominent that people can look for? Um, Definitely lower back pain. Um, If you're having heavy bleeding, if you're bleeding for a long time, like that's not normal. Um, If you're going through pads like every hour on the hour that's not normal um you know a lot of women have anemia and they just think that oh i'm anemic mm-hmm. you know i have heavy periods that's not normal even painful sex and, and a lot of women don't know that but because the fibroids are sitting in different places you know when you have sex it's painful um so all of those are mm-hmm. symptoms of fibroids and things to look out for um and and again my dad used to always say the dumbest question is the question not asked. Ask a million questions. You know, there was a movie and I can't remember who the actor was, but in the movie, he will always say, tell it to me like I'm a two year old. Yeah. Tell it to me like I'm a two year old. Break it down to me like in layman's terms. Tell it to me like I'm a child who just came out of the womb and you have to explain this to me. Tell it to me so that I can know what's going on with me because I need to make an informed decision about what I'm doing with my body and yes. I need to know all of the options that are out there. Like you can't just take away the, the ability for me to have children, especially for women that aren't married or children, women that don't have kids and they want to have children. Like That's right. ask the questions over and over and over again. That's right. Oh my gosh. So when you were going through your process and going through the, you know, getting the hysterectomy and in the midst of everything, what was something that God gave you through going through that process? What was something he spoke to you or gave you that you think could help someone else? So he didn't allow me to go through the process. He helped me to grow through the process. I love that. And a lot of times we think because we lived in this neighborhood since we were two or three or, you know, we... But that's not where we grew up, if that makes sense to you. Just because I lived here for a certain amount of time, that's not where I grew up. Come on now. Spiritually, you know what I mean? Yes. You know, God told me it's time for you to grow up. No matter where you are, this is where you're supposed to grow up. And so in all that I grew through, I grew up. You know what I mean? Um, I had to grow up in my spiritual being because, you know, we get self-sufficient and we ask God for things, all that stuff. And then... You know, he taking too long. All right, God, you taking too long. I'm just go ahead out here and get this car myself because, you know, you just take it too long. You know what I mean? And then we get yes. the car wrong with it, it break down, or we crash, or all of those things. And so I needed to grow up spiritually to do the work that he called me to do. And if he didn't sit me down, if I didn't grow through these things, I wouldn't yeah. be where I am now. And so he needed to get my attention. And he got Lord. You didn't have to get it like that, but you know, <laughs> he got my attention. Um, 
because again, if in, in my youthful days, I was, I was, you know, I'm a Leo, little, little <laughs> I was one of those, but you know, I, I feel like God knew, um, he knew the, the work that he had for me, um, that was, you know, ordained before the foundations of the earth. He knew what he had to do. And so he needed to sit me down so that I can grow up in my spirit being. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. When I say you are like a light, oh, oh my gosh, you Thank are you. a light and your like your testimony is just, it's powerful. Um, and it's encouraging for not only for me, but for, I know for those that are watching, it's encouraging. Um, how are your children doing now that you are, you know, you're going around and you're sharing your testimony and how are they doing? So I encourage them to share their story as well, because a lot of times, you know, the focus is on me because I went through these things, but my children went through it too. You know, I have two sons and they had to bathe me. They had to feed me. They had to hold me. You know what I mean? They had to wipe me when I went to the bathroom, all of those things, because I couldn't do it myself. And, you know, not only did I go through all of the, the surgeries and the medical part, but, you know, we were evicted. We lost homes. We lost cars. We lost a lot of things because I couldn't work. I couldn't take care of them. Um, and I remember when they were younger, one of my sons came to me and he wanted to go live with his dad. And I said, you know, that's easy. It's easy for me to send all of them to their dad, but that's not what God wants me to do. And wherever we are, we're going to grow through this together because it's going to make you stronger. It's going to help you when you get older so that, you know, you know what life is. You know, you know, you know how they say life is lifing. When life starts lifing, you know how to get through it because you that's saw right. your mom. You know what I mean? And again, so what? We're in this space where we have to go back to grandma and papa's house to live or sleep on the couch. So what? We're in this space. We're in it together. And so they understand the power of prayer. They understand the power of having faith and believing and trusting God no matter what. And so now all of my children are out on their own. They have their own families. Um, I just had a grandson on yesterday, as a matter of fact. Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. Grandkid number four, you know, um, you know, and they they've all experienced things. And so they took, you know, what they saw me grow through. They took yes. that, they applied it to their lives. And so, you know, all of my children went to college, graduated. They have their own families and they are doing well. They are doing my, my oldest son who just had the baby. He actually got married um, the day of his baby shower. And he's also my manager. So. Oh, my gosh. I love it. it. In business and entertainment, yes. I love it. I just, oh my gosh, your testimony is just, it's Thank like you. I said, it's just a light. It's a blessing Thank to you. know that God brought you through all of that. Absolutely. It was not. Oh that my happened. goodness. Do you not talk about your testimony in your book? I do. I do. I talk about it. Um, and I also share how, even in the midst of me growing through what I was growing through, I was having faith for other people. I was encouraging other people. I was helping other people. All of those things are in my book because, again, I understand that my blessings have nothing to do with me. And, you know, I ask people all the time, who's in your circle? Because if you don't have people in your circle that to have enough faith for you when you don't have the faith for yourself, if you don't have anybody in your circle that's going to pray for you to get you to the next level, like the, the man and his friends when he, they couldn't get to, to God and they took him up on the roof and they lowered him down. Like I need those type of people in my circle. And so if I need those type of people, I need to be that person as well. 
And so, you know, I started, you know, understanding that I need to be the example that other people need to see. And so that's how I'm able to push forward and press on and just get through. You said something that we don't talk about enough, mm -hmm. who you had in your circle during yes, that time. Yes. When you're going through something like that, that's life changing life or death, mm -hmm. who you connect yourself with makes a world of difference. Mm -hmm. Did you have people? Did you did you have that core group of friends that was there with you through that process, like encouraging you? And so the, the, the funny part about that is I didn't have that then because we didn't know what it was and we didn't talk about it. And because we we were uneducated in, in what the support was supposed to look like and the help was supposed to look like, yes. it was just like, you know, my friends would come back. Oh, she's on her cycle. Or, you know, my family, she's on her cycle. That's y'all know how she is. That's just what it is. We didn't know. And so now that's why I'm so thankful for USA Fiber Centers because those are my sisters. We've all gone through the same thing and yes. we're able to lean on each other just outside of, you know, advocating for women. But, you know, it's nothing for me to be able to text one of my sisters and say, hey, I'm having a moment or, you know, I just need a hug. I need help. Last year when we were in New York, I lost my oldest adopted son. He was killed on the 19th of last year. But I'm in New York and I'm having to speak in front of hundreds of people. And, um, you know, it, listen, Cynthia came and she gave me a hug. If you haven't had a Cynthia baby hug, honey. <laughs> but, you know, we were they, we they were just able to surround me with so much love and support and encouragement. And so that's what it's about, you know, being able to build a sisterhood and have the uncomfortable conversations that we normally don't have with other people. And so back then, my support system system was just my family being there because they knew I had surgery and they I needed somebody to cook for me or, you know, I needed somebody to help me walk or get dressed, but they didn't know how to help me spiritually. Yeah. Outside of just praying for me. They didn't know how to help me mentally. Yes. And so now because we have the conversations and we know what it is, yeah. you know, the support looks a little different. <sighs> We have a couple of people who um, just jumped on, but Coach Ella has, I mean, to know that she's basically been through the fire. She's set in the fire. I mean, she said she's been divorced. She, um, you know, went through the process of her husband actually having another child on her, going through 11 surgeries, losing your father. And it's like, you're still standing. Still standing. Still standing. Only God. Only, it's only God. God. And it's so funny. My dad um, passed away June the 19th of 2020, and my son was killed um, July the 19th of last year. So, you know, but it, it's only God. Yes. It's only God. It's none of me. No. None of me. No. No. Mm -hmm. To know that you're sitting here in your right mind is nobody Absolutely. but God. Uh, I'm telling you, because there were a lot of times where I was like, God, uh, listen. You know, my dad used to always say when we would go through things, he would say, have you tried my servant Job? And he would tell me, insert your name in there. Have you tried my servant Ella? And so in the times where I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm dealing with something, it's heavy and I can't take it. I will always remember, have you tried my servant Ella? And so, you know, when people say, God, why me? I say, why not me? Who am yeah. I to happen to me? Like, why not me? Who am I? You know what I mean? Look at the people in the Bible and what they went through. So who am I that I can't go through these things? And so that's what really helps me get through. Oh, my gosh. You are. 
Do we have any questions for Coach Ella? Anyone have any questions um, that you want to ask uh, for Coach Ella? Type them in and I'll um, put them up on the screen. Um, please do. Um, but is there anything that you you want somebody to know who may be going through what you went through and they're just right now just watching or listening? Um, what is it that you would want them to know? I want them to know that there is the other side. You know what I mean? It's okay to be down, but don't stay there. Don't stay in your grief. Don't stay in your lap. Don't stay in your loss. Don't stay in your hurt. Don't stay in your pain. There is another side. And so many people are attached to you. They can't move until you move. They can't get up until you get up. They can't go until you go. And so if you are staying stagnant in one place, and if you're not operating in your God-given purpose and what he's called you to do, so many people are going to lose. So many people are not going to be able to have. They're not going to learn. They're not going to be able to go because you're not moving. And so even though you're going through things or you're growing through things, so what? So what? There's nothing wrong with saying so what? There's nothing wrong with saying so what? I lost my job. Sometimes the blessing isn't not what God gives you, but it's in what he takes away. Oh my goodness. So what? You know, that, that marriage didn't work out. It didn't last. People are only in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And that season is over. Yeah. Take what you've learned and put it into your next relationship. And I will also tell people, you know, stop waiting for the moment to happen. I tell people, stop waiting for, um, you know, just, just jump and just do it. God will allow the net to appear. A lot of people want to wait until they're secure. I, I, I got to wait until I have this money. I got to wait for this, that, and the third or whatever. But that means that you're not trusting God, that he's going to provide for you. He's a way maker and a promise keeper. Yes. So you have to do it. Do it broke. Do it scared. Do it Come by on. yourself. Just do it. You just have to do it. Whatever it is, whatever that thing is, write the book. Start the business. Go after whatever it is that you want to go after because that lets you know that you are operating in your purpose and you're doing what God has called you to do. And the other thing is, I said it before, God can't use it if it's a secret. We have to change or we have to get out of, I wrote a, I also have a book on Amazon and it's called My Limiting Beliefs. And it's eliminating the BS of what we were taught, the belief system. We were taught to believe that the only thing that we could do is, you know, graduate from high school and get a job. That's not true. Yes. You know what I mean? So, or what goes on in my house, stay in my house. Well, you know, if I'm keeping something to myself that happened in my household, I'm I'm not saving somebody from being raped because a lot of times that's what's going on in the households and we're not talking about it because what goes on in my house stays in my house. No, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell the world because whatever happened to me is going to save somebody else. I was raped at eight years old for two years. You know what I mean? And because Families don't want us to talk about it. And, it's, yes. you know, don't tell anybody whatever. And it's such a big secret. So now my granddaughter is seven years old. If I don't tell her what's yeah. good touch and bad touch or, you know, you have somebody that you can talk to, then it could happen to her. And so, you know, that's what I have for everyone. You know, do it anyway. Write the book. Start the business. Do it scared. Do it broke. Stop waiting for your friends, your family. Stop waiting for follows and likes and all of that stuff. Look, just stop waiting. Stop it. <laughs> Because when God blesses you, he's not waiting for someone to see him bless you. He's going to bless yeah. you anyway. Because that's what he does. He's not waiting for somebody to like him, for him to bless you, because that's what he does. And so if God doesn't wait to bless us. Stop waiting to be a blessing to somebody else. 
You're talking to me because even tonight I was sitting here. I was like, Angie's not going to be. I was like, I can't do it. Um, mm -hmm. I cannot do the show without Angie. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. But so you talking to me. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you. Thank you. Because I was sitting here like, I can't do this. I can't do it without Angie. Um, so thank you. I, I needed that. But we do have a question. Um, did, the did your children see counseling like you did, as you did? So again, that goes back to the limiting beliefs and what we were taught. We were taught that black people don't get counseling. Yeah. Them kids don't get counseling. You don't, don't. We don't talk to nobody about that. And so during the time that those things were happening, no, they didn't get counseling. Um, what I did do was, you know, the word says religiously educate our children, and that's what I did. And so, you know, I made sure that my children knew who God is. I made sure they knew, you know, how to call on God in different situations and what's going on. Um you know, they did have their moments, but they found their strength. And, you know, when they became adults, I told them if for whatever reason, because of the things that we went through when you all were going up, if you think that you need to talk to somebody, I would recommend it. And I'm sorry that I didn't do that for you all when you were younger, when things were happening because of what was told to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the word says in this generation, we have to learn things for ourselves. And so I want you all to learn things for yourself. Learn if counseling or therapy is something that you need for yourself. You know what I mean? And so that's what happened. But no, during that time, they didn't get any type of counseling or therapy. I love the fact that you, you know, you went back and you talked to them about it. Because like you said, the generation, even for me, like what goes on in this house stays in this house. And you didn't get counseling. You didn't have the conversations about the things that went on in the house. It was just life goes on. So, Absolutely. you know, that's just the generation and the era that we grew up in. Now we are having a lot of the conversations and I mm -hmm. thank you for, you know, being open and willing to have them. Um, I think that's a lot of problems with the children, you know, the youth today, you know, we think about what is going on with them, what's wrong with them. That's because they don't have anybody talking to them. No, you're not having anybody having these conversations. It's just don't do this or whatever. But you know, I just believe that how two-year-olds say why, but why? Yeah. And so where back in the day, mm -hmm. it was, you don't ask why, you do what I say. Yeah, and we for saying that. Exactly, but we need to give them a why. This yeah. is the reason why we say, do not go to the gas station at three o'clock in the morning by yourself. This yeah. is the why. You know what I mean? Because otherwise they're going to do it. Because, you know, kids are rebellious. And just because you tell them not to do something, they're going to do it anyway. That's right. And, yeah, just always having the conversations. I love it. Um, Tamiko said you are the new spiritual one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. God is good. God is good. Uh, Patrice said, I love it. I can relate. Keep speaking. We are listening. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Patrice. Yes. Amen. And um, life goes on, but that trauma circles the um, circles the block until you deal with it. Yes. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. And that's a, a reason why, you know, I talk about it because a lot of times I journal a lot. I write a lot. But a lot of times we hold stuff in. Um, I am that person that I sit with myself now. Mm. You know, and I have those conversations with myself. And it might be uncomfortable. Like, girl, you know you did that. Or you see, you know that wasn't right. Yes. But just having those conversations of what happened to me or what happened for me and really understanding that. And that definitely help, helps. So, yeah, you're right. You know, getting the help that you need and having those conversations with someone outside of family members. Because, you know, family and friends, they're biased or, you know, 
girl, you shouldn't talk about that or that's embarrassing or whatever. So definitely having someone outside of your normal circle. Do you have, um, yeah, I'm going to get to that. Uh, Patrice, they want to know where they can find you at. <laughs> so I am on, I'm on Instagram at Coach Ella Destiny. I am on Facebook, Ella Destiny. Um, Twitter, the same thing, Coach Ella Destiny. All over the social media platforms, uh, Coach Ella Destiny. Um, yeah, I'll put that up there. That's okay. Um, so go go follow, go like her, um, follow her page. Also, um, do you have any events coming up? Anything coming up that um, that we can attend or anything? So we do have the uh, Fibroid event in New York. That is next Thursday, um, July 27th. Fibroid Fighters is having the 50 Shades of Purple event. Um, mm -hmm. Again, myself, Cynthia Bailey, Shay Johnson, Mal Bailey, T.T. Torres is hosting. Little Mo is performing. Um, it's hosted by USA Fibroid Centers. That's a huge fibroid event that we do every year um, to bring awareness, to have conversations. And, you know, just for it's like a girlfriend. So you get all your friends together and you come to this event. And I think they're doing like 35 percent off. Um, you can go to fibroidfighters.org um, to get more information and purchase tickets. But that's definitely a huge event. And then um, I'm also having an event. I'll put up more information about it in October. And it is a so what you can sit with me. Because a lot of times, you know, people see me on billboards. They see me on news and media, all of those things. And they feel like I'm not approachable or that, you know, we can't have, we can't have conversation. And one of the, the, one of the things that I don't like is, oh, you can't sit with me. Mm -hmm. Because how do we help our sisters? How do we have the conversations? How do we break that stigma if you can't sit with me? And oh, so yes. saying, so what? You can sit with me. We can have conversations. We're going to create a safe space. We're going to come and talk and laugh. We're going to talk about love, relationships, periods, everything. You know, I want to be up close and personal, you know, with my followers. Um, or I like to call them my sibs. I call it, you'll see me on social media and I call everybody my sibs, my siblings, because that's what we are. Um, you know, and just having conversations. And so it's going to be a huge event. I'm going to have a lot of my uh, my good girlfriends. I don't like to say celebrity friends because when we're together, there is no celebrity. We're all, you know, the friends. same. A lot of my friends will be there and it's going to be a good time. So I'll put up the information, but it'll be on October. Okay. It's where are you based? Where is it going to, do you know where it's going to be? I'm here oh, in, in Maryland. Okay. I am. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we can come. We'll be there. We'll be there. Okay. We will be there. Um, you have a question. Was there any animosity between the kids and your former spouses? Um, there was an animosity, animosity, and I think it's because they were younger. As they got older, they understood that they just didn't know better. Like none of us knew really what was going on. Yes. Um, and so it wasn't any animosity. I think that, you know, a lot of times our children base their feelings and their emotions off of the, the mother. So if we have hatred and, oh, he's not such, 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 you know, they'll take on that attitude. But it wasn't that, um, you know their dad because all of my children were with my ex-husband but they have other siblings now and those are my children as well and so you know we had to keep the kids together no matter what and so that's what it is so there wasn't any animosity with either of my ex-husbands you know it's just what it was i love it i love it and that that is something that you rarely um see see she says she's happy that the event is going to be closed 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And believe me, she will be there. She will oh, be there. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> we are looking forward to it. Um, so this pretty much like wraps up our show. Um, I truly thank you for being able to, you know, come on. Um, also, uh, let everyone know again where they can find you. Let them know the name of your books and where we can get your books from as well. Absolutely. So um, my book is called There's Nothing Wrong With Saying So What. It is on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, Target.com. It's all over everywhere. Um, and then you can find me on all social media platforms at Coach Ella Destiny. And I will be on Channel 9 News on Monday the 24th. So watch out for that as well. Okay. Is it Great Day Washington or? Yeah, Day Washington, yes. Great Day. Okay. All right. So Monday the 24th, WUSA 9, Great Day Washington. Make sure y'all watch. Go buy the book. I'm going to buy the book too. And I'm looking forward to the event in October in our area because we will be there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being open and willing to come on. Um, definitely appreciate it. Um, thank you again. Thank you everyone for watching. Don't forget, go like, share, um, and get the book as well. So have a good night, everyone. Good night.